Hey, it's Cody. And Matt. And thanks for joining us for another episode of The The Coma Coma Cast. Cast. Matt, we're going to be diving into all things involving the LGBT community, including our own lives. And don't forget our cats. We don't want to forget them. The Coma Cast starts now. Podcasting from the Lone Star State in Southern California, you're listening to The Coma Podcast with Cody and Matt. It is March 16th, 2021. It is a nighttime. We are recording this. So if you're hearing this, we are recording it actually on Tuesday night. Uh, and Matt, today we are going to be talking about uh, something that uh, happened in Atlanta, some shootings. All of this is kind of culminating on this big thing that uh, we, I've been wanting to talk about uh, as far as Asian hate crimes. They are on the increase in America. And that is our main topic today. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. But First, something I learned about Matt today that I did not know about, and I was a little bit shocked. Oh, I know what's coming. Go ahead. Matt Matt and David do not use top sheets. Now, like when we explain this, it's like a fitted sheet, a top sheet, and usually like a comforter of sorts. They don't use a top sheet. And this all came about because uh, it was... I saw it on Twitter. It was quote tweeted and I was like shocked because some girl had tweeted about it, not using a top sheet. And um, I was like, wait, that's a thing. And then Matt chimed in and was like, let us know, let the world know that him and David don't use a top sheet. Monsters. You know what? We were not alone. Monsters. (laughs) We weren't alone. Supposedly. I actually have not heard of this. I had not heard that this was even a thing. Apparently it's actually been a thing since like, 2015 2018 around there is when it kind of started getting some traction because uh it was the infamous headlines of millennials are killing uh killing the uh the top sheet and um so i didn't know about this until today and i was just actually completely shocked about this uh but um apparently 41 percent of older Americans will not sleep without a top sheet. Overall, about 58% of Americans agree or strongly agree that a top sheet is essential. Two thirds of Americans uh, age 55 and plus feel a top sheet is essential. But in fact, 18% of people ages 18 to 24 actually feel strongly against the use of the top sheet. That's in contrast to only 3% of the age 65 and plus. But Matt, why do y'all not use a top sheet? Like, what is the the idea behind it? Just, it was one of those things that just started becoming a pain uh, a couple of years ago. I never really liked using one. I like extra sheets and blankets, but David is a human hot rock. So the moment he falls asleep, he is almost he almost feels feverish to the touch. And he's always been this way. So it became like, well, <sighs> It was just one more thing kind of holding in too much heat for him. Mm. And because I sleep next to him, usually I, it was, it, I would start to sweat or so he doesn't sweat. It makes me sweat. So if he falls asleep with his arm across me or something, I can wake up and like my chest and stomach or wherever his hand and arm was, will be sweaty, but he won't be sweaty. I'm like, that's nice. That's fair. It's totally fair. But he, uh, oh, yeah, we, he, talk to me about it and i was like yeah let's just stop using it. i hate using it and the only reason we ever used it was because that's just what we were taught to do growing up so like do you all just have um, like a comforter or yeah so what we do is we actually have a thin we have these blankets we got um they're really really thin like thin coverlets almost and they're real soft and then we have a 
a slightly thicker comforter than that that we pull over that. So rather than a sheet and a thick comforter, it's more like a thin, thin comforter and then a slightly thicker one than that. And mm-hmm. if, so if it's hot and we just need the slightest blanket, you know, we have that. And that's all we use. It's so much more comfortable. It's still, I mean, they're still very soft. They sleep very well. And um, it's one less one less thing. And it's so much easier to make the bed. <laughs> you would not like my bed. It doesn't bed get making. all twisted. I have, it we doesn't have, get twisted. We have the top sheet. We have the comforter. I have like a billion pillows, then some blankets that go on top oh, of the comforter. My mom worked for her, has worked for hotels and in housekeeping my entire life. I can make a bed. You know, like, <laughs> it will not defeat me. I'm just saying this is much easier when you're only contesting two yeah. comforters because each grab ends of the comforters from either side of the beds. So we have a king size bed. So we both lift, shake, bring it down. And the bed is made in about 30 seconds. I flip the pillows over each morning, fluff, fluff, done. See, I just have a lot of stuff that has to go on. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, David is very tall. So um, I um, love my sh- top sheet because I put, I usually sleep under the top sheet. Um, Cause I usually cover my head and everything else. And Ella loves that too. Um, so but oh, same. I-, I pull blankets up over my face and everything. Um, actually, it's not that uh, weird to not use a top sheet because in Europe, top sheets aren't used a lot. Um, they end up using duvet covers. Now, here is kind of the idea of why you should use a top sheet in some respects. It is because of cleanliness, because they have, been, they have found 47 species of fungi that have been found in bed sheets. The average human sweats about 26 gallons of sweat a year. And so the idea behind this is that it will be on the sheet and people, well, you should, I guess. I, I say this, you should, who knows what the average is, but you should wash your sheets every week to every two weeks. And in doing yeah. so, you're uh, so like before duvet covers kind of got popular here in America, people had just like those big comforters with fluff. And that is a pain to wash because it's so big. It's so bulky. And a lot of people can't yeah, actually, we don't have those. actually um, wash it in their washing machine if you don't have a bigger washer. But then if you don't have a top sheet and you're using that only, then that is collecting all your sweat and all your debris and oh, gross skin cells and all that stuff. And so if you're not if you're not washing that comforter um, on a regular basis, that is just disgusting and gross. So, so we don't use a big heavy comforter. We do have one because you know it does randomly get cold, or if we have uh, well, when we had could have guests, uh, we'll occasionally you know let a guest use it because my office can get my office is also the guest room, so it can get very cold in here. So we do have one if it's necessary, but both both the blankets that go on this king size bed can both be thrown in the washer at the same time and be washed in one cycle and dried and they will both be dried in another cycle. Yeah. And um, I'm really paranoid about drying because a lot of people don't shake out their things. So before, mm-hmm. when I throw stuff in the dryer, uh, like my jeans, I shake them out hoodies. I shake them out towels. I shake them out before I throw them in the dryer. And when we get the uh, blankets out of the dryer, they're, they're dry, but you unless you literally set them on fire, they're not ever going to be a hundred percent dry because it's a blanket. Same with so towels. I hang them. I hang them over the banister. The towel. Our towels weirdly dry just fine, Do and I, I find we that have those weird. Big yeah. bath sheet but, towels. So well, we have the, a banister that looks down into our stairwell that goes down to the first floor. So I hang both blankets over that, 
and just let them swing there for an hour or two, you know, yeah. or the, the day we wash them and then we'll put them on at bedtime. See, it literally takes 10 seconds. I think you are in the minority because you're making sure it's done yeah. properly. I feel a lot of these people who aren't using top sheets are using that comforter. And so the idea behind it in Europe is they don't use it a lot is because duvet covers are really popular in Europe. And so they uh, are able to take that, uh, the lining, the overall sheet, which is a pain to put on duvets anyway. But also in Europe, they usually take that top bedding piece comfort or not a comforter but duvet ish and they usually take it outside every day and let it kind of be out in the sun and air out not and so that is a natural make sure you're washing whatever you have America, on top we, at least yes. once or twice a week <laughs> because that's the that's the whole point of the top sheet essentially yeah and it's, if you're not taking it outside but um, and if you're like you get a cold or something wash your sheets like you get a cold, wash your sheets, change your toothbrush, you know, yes. disinfect um, your toothbrush with peroxide. Please. <laughs> Speaking of the virus, this is the one year anniversary, Matt, the one year anniversary of Vanessa Hudgens going on, I believe, Instagram live and saying it's a virus. I get it. I respect it. Even if everybody gets it like, yeah, people are going to die. Do you like my impression? I remember that and going. Well, I mean, terrible, but like inevitable, right? Maybe I should be doing, yeah. maybe I shouldn't be doing this yeah. right now. I, <laughs> <There> was, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess she, she was speaking she was, the truth. So, you know, she people were going to die and people were going to listen. wrong in how she said it because technically that did happen. However, that was maybe not the way to go about expressing Remember, yourself um, and then being mad. <laughs> Um, uh, I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Shut up. <laughs> Ariana Grande, when she licked the donut or something and then said something about hating America, America was just trash. Um, and she got a lot of hate, but then, uh, okay, um, Matt, I want to get your uh, opinions on this story. This story is coming out this weekend, um, <laughs> but Will Forte is going to be starring in a new show on NBC for Peacock. Peacock Network. Um, not much is known about it, obviously. I don't even think it's been written yet. Uh, executive producers and written by people who produced and wrote the TV show on Amazon, I believe, called Fleabag, which has gotten a lot of good buzz about it being really funny. But this show starring Will Forte is going to be called Expiration Day. And it's basically uh, this man, he's overcome with grief. He takes out a life insurance policy that covers suicide if the individual doesn't take their life within a year, knowing that he won't have to worry about the finances for his family. Uh, the show will follow him as he decides how to spend the last 12 months of his life. Now, there's been uh, a lot of uh, people come out saying that they NBC uh, shouldn't be doing this. It's glamorizing. Suicide could lead to a lot of issues. Um Thoughts. Wow. Uh, so I was not expecting that. Not at all. Thank you, Cody. Thank you for that one. Um, wow. Uh, okay. So. It's like, do you really think it's reckless? How, it's really in how it's written. You know, um, it's one of those things. It is an opportunity to put in trigger warnings and PSAs. And depending on how, I mean, again, I know nothing about this. This is solely a cold question because I did not know this was coming. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, that this is an opportunity to bring the topic out in the open and say things that a lot of things, a lot of times things get said that people don't like. But the problem is we're all thinking it. 
and there's no way to go about it. We don't have a script. We don't have a book to talk about it. We don't have, you don't talk about inside of a therapist's office. So it's going to generate a lot of controversy. And it just depends if they're taking a comedic edge to it or if it's going to be like a comedy drama where it's serious, but when they're not on that topic, there are comedic, comic, comical moments. So I'd really have to watch a couple episodes to kind of see to, you know, to possibly change my opinion or adjust my thoughts here. But my thoughts are, if it's going to happen, I think it could be a good thing to bring to the surface because a lot of people believe that uh, suicide is just an act of selfishness. It's the most selfish thing you could ever do. And, you know, they won't hear anything about it. And I'm like, well, that's a lot of judgment for you, for somebody who doesn't live in that other person's head. Yeah. And many times um, people do not understand how depression and anxiety work. I and mean, when you're a prisoner in your own head, you don't, if you've not experienced where you can't get out of bed for three straight weeks, you don't know what this person's going through. You don't know what's happening in their doctor's office. You don't know how they've been traumatized over and over and over and over. And likely it was not one time. A lot of people feel that when these things happen, it comes from, sometimes it does come from one event, but a lot of people don't realize that, yes, it might've been a traumatic event and it maybe it happened years ago, but they don't understand that their uncaring attitude, the dismissiveness that get over it, and it re-traumatizes a person over and over and over and over. So depending on how they how the character handles it or how you know the show handles yeah. the character, if they can make a fully realized person and bring the audience along to maybe give some insight, I hope they do some kind of like sensitivity training or somebody that has experience of what goes on in somebody's head that you know maybe we get like an internal dialogue along with what they see mm -hmm. because maybe what there's an opportunity to show representation to say like, Hey, yeah. I see this person because whatever the character ultimately decides to do along the way, it can bring out, it can, even if it's Hollywood, it can still use real life tools that yeah. are available to people that need help and how to help them. Yeah. And I think there, like I said earlier already, that it, there is a big opportunity to do something good with this as it's dark triggering subjects, but we can't not look at it because when you don't look at it, the things hiding in the dark are also the people that need your help the most and they're hiding in the dark and they need help. Yeah. And ignoring it does not make it go away. So yeah. I would say, yeah, let's see it. Give it, a, you know, give it a chance to put mm -hmm. it out there. I think, um, you know, we again, it was just announced that it was happening. It hasn't even been written yet. Obviously, they know the concept for it. But I mean, I, I feel with the television show like this, he's ultimately not going to kill himself. Ultimately, I think you're going to see because it's talking about him, what he's going to do with the last remaining 12 months of his life. I'm sure the show, if it gets picked up for multiple seasons, We'll see what the timeline of that situation ends up being. But I think it's going to be something along the lines of discovering. He's going to end up discovering that he does have a life worth living. There'll be small moments maybe with his family or his kids that right. are going to trigger, oh, maybe a rethinking of things. Um, I, I really hope they do that like more incrementally and show that it is a, it is a never ending journey. Like 
generally people do not I'll just go ahead and speak from my own experience from a suicide attempt. I will tell you it is not a oh the next day I felt better. <laughs> Did not yeah. feel better the next day. I felt slightly like the width of my fingernail, the thickness of my fingernail less bad. That was it. That was absolutely it when I woke up in my bed the next morning and nobody had even known what happened yet. I yeah. knew. I knew it happened and it was it is a constant journey day by day and there isn't literally more than a day or two that goes by that doesn't run through my head and so in bringing that to the large screen there there is such an opportunity to show that depending on what the writers do assuming they're not stifled by producers that just want it sensationalized because it's not something that needs sensationalized what happens in our heads is just as dramatic is it's just as a dramatic roller coaster. Like you could just literally put what's going on in someone's head down on paper, bring it to life, and you've got an entire series. Yeah. And that's just what happens in someone's internal dialogue, let alone what they experience with work, their families, their spouses, their kids, and you know, and how each person is different. I think it'd be interesting to follow like a group, you know, of people that, you know either they're either tied together or not where you see their different experience, you know, where you see what, because what people think depressed is you follow that person. Well, people don't know what depressed is someone that has been up here and is now here and vice versa, because one year can be a lot for some people. They spiral down. They'll continue spiraling down. Yeah. You know, some, not everybody that struggles with the depression struggles with addiction. They, they sometimes are in tandem, but they're not always, but every it's easier for people to kind of brush it with the same, you know, the same strokes and say, okay, because they need something to categorize. Yeah. Because if you don't understand something, the first thing you try to do is how you learn it in a broad sense. When we like learn what depression is, we learn and anxiety is we kind of learn, oh, mental health. Well, generally, when you bring up mental health, nobody thinks of positives they think of oh my mental health is struggling not always so then you start breaking it down like what is depression versus anxiety what are what are triggers it's not just a word thrown out from since 2016 talking about angry liberals no the word triggered means something so again there's a lot of room for this show to do a lot of good while also very likely triggering the absolute shit out of a lot of people, unfortunately. Like, so it's very important to warnings, PSAs, like, Hey, this is what's going to be in this episode. Because even somebody that wants to see it, that agrees with what's happening, that supports what's happening may not need to see that. They would a slight warning just to say, you know what? I'm going to skip this week's. Yeah. It could be a really good thing until they have a chance to read the Wikipedia or have somebody talk to them and see if they're ready to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I think I that's one thing with therapists. Yeah. You I know, think. Go ahead. No, it's okay. That's what I was just meant in a good way, like to trigger a conversation to generate um, conversation in the country and people with their therapists, because if you don't trust your therapist or feel comfortable talking to them, you're imposing your own roadblocks, unfortunately, or if your therapist maybe isn't a good fit for you, you know, so yeah. those like this, even when they're sensationalized, if it's done in a not uh, exploitive way, exploitative, exploitive, I can't remember which word it is, way, there's, there's opportunity, there's good opportunity here. Yeah, I think uh, a TV, movies, these, these shows, uh, 
Hollywood has the opportunity at times to really help with change or to help bring about something uh, and to bring stories and bring things to light. Um, it's just whether it's done the way it should be done or whether it's not. We've had times where they were going to, uh, like, uh, I think the creators of um, Game of Thrones was going to do a, a series on what if some the Civil War was different or something like that. And it got a lot of backlash. Um, and so obviously if things are done right, maybe it could be good. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously we'll see what happens. Uh, the mental health nonprofit inseparable, uh, has said that they call it widely responsible callous concept that will endanger countless viewers. They don't know anything about the show concept yet, but they still believe that the concept alone is grounds for it to not move forward. No word from NBC universal on what they, uh, have to say on this, but we'll see because it was just recently announced and it's just now kind of, kind of getting out in the world. I think slamming something like that is not helpful yet. Like give it a chance to, because yes, there are absolutely awful ways to go about this. And all it takes is one person who writes the promo to write it wrong. And you just absolutely, you know, shot yourself in the foot. And And this is going to be for Peacock. So, um, a lot of times these companies are able to do things a little bit differently or they're, they're not having as much pressure put on them as far as ratings or trying to get certain ratings since it is on uh, going to be on the Peacock app. So it's not having to get like a broadcast type rating. So sometimes a little bit different uh, that they want out of it. And so maybe they do want something. Uh, the people behind it are all like really good people and they, they produce and put out great stuff. So um, we'll see what happens if anything. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about Asian Americans and the hate and the bias that has been happening around COVID that has continued to the Atlanta uh, spa shootings that happened uh, just recently. That's next. And we are back. And today we are going to be talking about the Atlanta spa shootings. Uh, I believe eight were killed in the shootings and three Metro Atlanta spas. They do have a suspect in custody. There's a whole big thing around this because basically since Matt, uh, COVID happened, and obviously we had uh, the former president talking about the China virus. There's been an increase of hate crimes against Asian Americans. And actually, there uh, have been, um, let's see, so many reports um, around the country uh, since this began, about 3,800. Hundred reports have happened uh, that have just been reported. You know, a lot have gone unreported, but have been reported uh, since COVID began. And actually, 500 of those incidents have happened just so far this year. Uh, and so that kind of leads to this Atlanta spa shooting, which is just incredibly crazy. It wasn't just in one location either. Right. And right before we get to that, there's something I wanted to bring up. Um, when we when we talk about this um, on the podcast, you know, if you were around for season one, we discussed a lot of crimes against it tended to be and it ended up being trans black, black trans women. And and it wasn't that we were ignoring other communities. It's just we happen to be focused on that person because that was the most unreported, underreported. And we were focusing on crimes that did not receive media attention. And um so we want to make sure that we're talking about, you know, any non-white group that we're, one, using correct terms, and two, not trying to lump all together. We all know, like, when we say LGBTQ, like, between us, like, 
we say, we say, oh, the gay boys, you know, we're talking, we know we don't just mean gay white boys. Cody and I know that when we're talking to each other, but to somebody listening or somebody who isn't part of the community or doesn't feel, wouldn't know that about us, it would be very easy to understand why somebody would think that. So I just want to make sure like tonight we're talking about this. We're talking about the Asian community. And like I said, before we get to that, something I want to talk about in our own community in the LGBTQ plus community is the racism against the Asian community within uh, our, our population is insane. And a lot of people, I think it goes unsung, you know, like there's always like, Oh, well, somebody makes like a, an anti-black joke or makes a racist Mexican joke. And it's like, Jesus, y'all what's wrong with you. But there, you know, there's racist terms for pretty much every minority group. And if you're on Twitter and have any Asian mutuals, you have seen threads and threads, and hopefully you took the time to read them and understand how one there is, this person has decided to share their experience and then sometimes just gets re-traumatized again because someone will go through some jerk or troll will comment something racist on it. And uh, several of just my mutuals talked about, you know, how when they moved, they someone threw a racist term at them at an airport in a bar in a restaurant in public broad daylight. This was not everybody was drunk with the friends and, you know, it was a friend they just got too comfortable with and thought it would be okay to say that. No, this is a complete stranger. And it happens so much like uh, I don't know, Cody, I'm sure you've seen it. Or people post like their uh, app screenshots of being rejected solely because they're mm-hmm. Asian, not because they dislike them, not because oh you're really cool, but uh, I'm not really into Asian guys. What the holy fuck? That's racist. That is that is racist when you disqualify a guy or a person that you're just seeing solely based on their race. That's racism. You're disqualifying an entire group solely because of how they look, not because oh, I think this person drinks too much and I don't think I'm going to connect with them. If somebody drinks or smokes or uses drugs, that's a preference. They're Asian. I don't want to go out with them. That's racist. That's fucking racist. So now that we're getting into this, because yes, I made the news. I also just want to mention it's also present too. It's not just um, those who you don't want to date somebody who is Asian. There's also the whole issue of Asian fetish and, and all of that is just, <laughs> that's not okay either. Yeah, and if you're fetishizing not, someone, no, you know, it's that's a, a no as well. Um, I didn't really know that that was a real thing. Um, a friend had texted me and had, you know, was telling me about it and they were just really upset about it. And I'm like, I don't, what do you, you know, and they, I got a quick education on it. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, do you know that person? They're like, no, this is just somebody just messages to me. And they thought it was complimenting the person. And he's like, there's a thousand ways you could have said you liked how I looked without saying that. And I was like, yeah, you know, and so it's, it's awkward in some respects too, because sometimes, um, people who are Asian like, like that whole thing and it's like a whole weird mind situation yeah and and it that is present in every group uh i definitely know uh yeah i would not share my dms because that would just be inappropriate because you know my accounts are only four or five years old or less so everybody's still very much around and present 
and I'm not trying to shame anyone in this in this manner, but we really want to highlight that racism and fetishism exists and it's equally inappropriate. Whatever relationship you have with like that one person that whatever boundaries y'all have, that's that's between y'all. But we're just this is keep those other things in mind. It's not okay. And if you think saying, oh, I'm not racist because, you know, I had an Asian friend once, that's not do you hear yourself? <laughs> and again, I'm not in any way trying to speak like for anybody. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, if you look like me and Cody, then maybe you shouldn't, you know, throwing those terms out and say, it's okay. I didn't mean it like that. It, just don't talk. Don't, you know, don't comment. Like those threads I told you I read, I didn't comment on them. I read, I sat and read because Google and the internet exists and so does twitter and it's to be when you see something you don't understand don't you don't need to comment well since someone explained that to me google will explain it that you can look it up and and if somebody says they had a racist term thrown at them or tells you of their experience or posts about it throwing out things like well it's not that big of a deal you need to get over the words they're not telling you for therapy there's there's putting it out there to tell you it's real and that, you know, to, to put their experience out there, you don't need to go back there and tell them what you think. That's so, and as Cody said, you know, our former president had mentioned this as the China virus. And if you think that's not real, a man walked up to me while I was holding my nephew in January, who is four years old. He was literally in my, like on my arm, like playing with my hat. And the guy goes, you still wear a mask? You're going to get this vaccine from this China virus? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, sir, you need to walk away. Like, I, you do not have a friend in me. Nope. No, 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 no. We're not doing this. You know, and I, you know, where I live, it is, I don't live in a white area, but this was a white guy, an older white guy that walked up to me. He was comfortable telling me what he did for a living, what area he lived in, and asked if my nephew was my kid. And, you know, he was very, very comfortable with all that. And I'm like, he's like, this is from a lab in China. And I'm like, this, you need to stop talking, sir. And he just walked away mumbling, like, say, keep doing this. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. He's just a jerk. Yeah. But that, that is a common, that has happened to me a few times in my life. Like, because uh, one of my friends suggested that because uh, I look like him, that, you know, he might've thought that I would have supported it because I was holding a little blonde haired boy. Well, my nephew is biracial. So, you know, no, you don't have a friend in me for sure. You know, yeah. I don't need to have a biracial nephew to realize that that is wrong behavior and to say something, you know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I just, but anyway, um, but I wanted to just bring that up in this topic, you know, because it, it's important and it doesn't just affect, but this is what's in the news. This happened today. Um, Cody and I, we're going to talk about something else, but at because things are instigated by our former president and like Cody mentioned, the statistics are just way up um, from a reported attacks. There was the elderly woman that was attacked in the street the other day. And, you know, this poor woman, she is bruised and everything. I mean, she survived it, but what possessed you to attack an elderly woman? That is just, yeah. you were not defending yourself. <laughs> you were not trying business. to back away. You assaulted physically assaulted a 70 something year old woman. And I'm just like horrified, you know, she could have been killed, you know, and, and today's now, when I first saw the reports today, it was seven people had been killed and now it's eight. 
and one person has been wounded. And this was in Atlanta. And as Cody said, it was in several locations. The police were called to one and then another and then another. And then um, here we are. So, you know, Cody, I'll let you uh, go to it here. Yeah, the police responded to a robbery call uh, at the Gold Massage Spa. Um, in Atlanta, that's where they found initially three people dead. Now, while they were there, the police received another call of shots directly across the street uh, at the Aroma Therapy Spa, and that's where they found another person dead. Uh, now, at the time, the four victims were female, appeared to be Asian, uh, but it was too early to say if there was any connection between uh, the two spas. Um, they're, they've since increased patrols around the area and the businesses um, and uh, the FBI is also assisting uh, in, in in this particular case. Now, they did uh, arrest somebody, uh, the suspect he was taking into custody about three and a half hours uh, after the killing. Uh, his name is Robert Aaron Long. He's just 21 years old. Um, and uh, let's see, they... They uh, spotted his vehicle. Uh, there was a chase that ensued, um, and that's when uh, the state trooper performed a maneuver and sent his SUV out of control, and then they took him uh, into custody without incident after that whole incident, um, and that's where he is now. Uh, so they don't know that any connection uh, between the two, but there is video evidence that is suggesting uh, that it is likely that the same person was involved for both shootings again still right. investigating uh, the situation so all these places were within driving distance of each other and like cody said that it they it, it does appear that way but at this time at the time we are recording this which is 11 it's 11 something right now uh central time that it is not confirmed that he there was more than one person or that they were or were not connected. It just appears at this time that they were. And, you know, very likely they probably are. Yeah. Um, Video footage was found uh, with the suspect's car in the area around the time. And so obviously, obviously he's a person of interest and they're putting all the pieces together before they're like actually coming out with the information, you know, investigation first. You don't want to say things until you have all of the information. Right. That's why we're just very, want to note that part now in new york uh per cnn cnn just uh a statement was released to them from the, their police departments that they are deploying to police into the asian communities there and increasing security you know because for obvious reasons and the fbi is assisting law enforcement and i know that this is a more of a not normally something we would cover so immediately but that we didn't cover in season one because I want to address this like while we have a chance to is that we are because we've changed the format of how we do things. Cody and I have more time. We've made more time. So our goal is to report more on current events as they happen if we can. And we we wanted to today and then this started unfolding. And we're like, well, let's try to collect as much information as possible. And here we are. So it's not that we haven't reported on prior events before as they happened. We just didn't have the information and we weren't able to get to our laptops and get set up. We had different setups. Now we are, I would say, would be more streamlined. It'd be more an accurate way to describe it. Um, I just want to point out, like, it's not that the other things that we weren't supportive immediately, just this has happened. And we have since had upgrades and streamlining to our processes that we're able to sit down and, you know, 
a little work a little more on demand. And we want to make sure that this gets out and we will provide updates as it goes. Yeah, police haven't released a motive yet, uh, but one group, the Stop AAPI Hate, uh, they've already denounced the shooting, saying the reported shootings of multiple Asian American women today in Atlanta is unspeakable. Uh, it's an unspeakable tragedy uh, for the families of the victims, first and foremost, but also for the Asian American community, uh, which has been reeling from high levels of attacks, racist attacks over the course of the past year. Uh, they go on to say that these latest attacks will only exacerbate the fear and pain uh, that the Asian American American community continues to endure. And so again, like we talked about at the beginning, it's something that the community has been having to deal with a lot um, ever since Donald Trump uh, started talking about the China virus. It's really put into head. And then obviously Fox News replays all of this stuff and they have guests on to say this stuff. And it really just brainwashes people that are watching or who like worship uh, the former president, uh, it brainwashes them into now targeting these people. And like you said, the the woman, uh, the elderly woman who was injured didn't do anything, but just because she was Asian American and immediately after COVID started happening and he said this stuff, you were having people like get uh, slurs thrown at them or like beat up in subway stations. I was literally and just reading yesterday. A lady said she walked into a restaurant and the people started like screaming at her to get out and they didn't want to get the virus, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like, what the, what the hell, you know? And <laughs> it's like, are, like how ignorant and it's, this started so quickly from, you know, from the former president pulling this nonsense and so here we are with this a year later, and it's impacted. People are afraid to go out, and uh, Asian businesses, businesses in the Asian community have all been affected. Several of them have shut down, you know, and local, like, you know, local restaurants that depend more on their locations have been um, one of them here, a restaurant here called The Noodle Tree. Uh, one of our friends lives on that side of town where it's at here. And uh, he had gone there and he texted us and said that some former president supporters had tagged it and it was just covered in graffiti, the, their glasses, everything was sprayed down. And, you know, like that's, that's awful, you know, and so it's, it's happening and it's real and yeah. it's not enough to say, I'm not racist. No, you need to speak up when there's a problem. Was I expecting some random guy who was like, double my size to walk up to me at Starbucks and tell me about the quote unquote China virus and what a conspiracy it is and how we don't want to, you know, he's not getting that vaccine, all that while I'm holding a four-year-old and the barista is making our drink. I'm at pickup and she is hearing this like, you know, what's amazing to me is that it's a hoax. It's, it's a conspiracy yet. The China people, according to Trump brought it over. Like, wait, which one is it? So which is, one is, is it? it real? Yeah. Not, so the rest um, of so the entire world has gotten this all to upend the former president. And now, <laughs> FYI, the former president and his wife have gotten, they, they were vaccinated in January. Also, yes. he is now calling people, trying to encourage them to get vaccinated. And even pointing out that the people he's calling were big supporters of his and probably voted for him and donated. And he, he, 
he did release a statement saying that uh, the vaccine wouldn't have happened without him. Uh, it normally would have taken five years or maybe never would have happened without him. Uh, so it's like a whole crazy thing. Uh, Asian, uh, anti-Asian sentiment actually has jumped 1900% in New York City just in 2020. Um, so again, this is happening here in America, not just in America though, it's happening around the world actually. Um, right. Because, so it, we, we can't even just look at it as a symptom of Trump. Because it is happening around the and, world. And you and ask, is how does this happen after Pearl Harbor happened? You know, and I remember learning in school about Pearl Harbor and then how um, our Jap- Japanese citizens were thrown in internment camps. You mm-hmm. know, I think it was George Takei had ta- has talked about it. And, you know, um, how so we know this has happened before over. It's amazing how when a couple of bad apples cops or white kids do something bad it's like well this lone wolf over here but you know you attach any moniker to any any whatever event happens and suddenly that whole group is demonized i'm like well and that's that brings up the point of the World Health Organization uh, really has come forward with naming particular diseases and viruses that happen. Of course, in the past, we have named diseases and viruses after the location that it was found. So like West Nile virus, the uh, MERS, which is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, Zika, Ebola. This was initially uh, was referred to as the Wuhan virus. Uh, initially, and this was before it spread across the world. Um, so it can definitely be uh, misaccurate um, and everything, because like you were saying, the Spanish flu did not originate um, in Spain, um, although there's no exact or uh, consensus on the exact origin. Um, it just, uh, <laughs> it's unknown uh, exactly, but the virus came to be associated with Spain for several reasons, which were at the time, largely political because it was happening during the backdrop of World War One, um, And so, again, <laughs> political reasons at the time. But, again, that's why the World Health Organization does not like any more naming these viruses. And that's a more recent thing, obviously, because um, some of these viruses have been fairly new. Um, but that's why it happens around the world is because a lot of these places – and, again, there's uh, conservative groups – more progressive groups all throughout the world. And so it's competing forces on e- each side. It makes it a political situation. But um, yeah, it's important to like, I guess, speak out when you see stuff. Uh, if you see people posting things on Facebook, you know, I don't want to say argue with them because a lot of times you don't get anything out of it. People have their minds made up. Uh, I, there are times that you can change people's minds because sometimes they just don't know or they didn't mean to say what they they wrote um, cause they weren't thinking or what, what not. Um, but a lot of time and a lot of times also they're just bots. They're just bots. Right. Um, that is a big, a big number of or things trolls, actually is bots, which can be worse because they're just there to infuriate you. They're just there to raise your blood pressure, report them, report block and mute. And the reason I say to report, because when you comment on something, it's like Twitter, when you comment on something, you inadvertently give it a platform. That's how, um, the Kent state, you know, uh, I'm trying to really not be overly rude, but, uh, the Kent state Breitbart princess, um, who, yeah, she knows she's hated. She doesn't care because what she gets people talking. If she gets people talking, that's views and clicks. If you understand how 
things work. When you get views and clicks, clickbait, there's a reason it's called clickbait because when they get, you get that sensationalized clickbait, you draw in a ton of revenue. I mean, it's honestly, well, Cody and I do yeah. podcasts and we post things. So yeah, we want people to watch it. We want people to learn it. But when we set this up, our intent was to not have clickbait because that is not the kind of attention we wanted. That is not the kind of, that is not what we wanted to establish. Personality hers don't care because it's money, it's attention, and it gives them a bigger platform. And that's how they get endorsements from Fox News and get brought on as, and it's considered news when they're actually just talking heads. They are no more influential as far as their news than me. You know, they just happen to have on millions. But, you know, they're investigative crap, you know. And when you look at them, it's like, I'm sorry, wait, you know, and something that should also be considered, if you're on the same side as the KKK, even if you're not part of the KKK, that should really cause you to reevaluate something. Really, you know, did many people will never don a white hood and robe and say, ah, I'm probably part of the KKK. But if you're voting and acting alongside the same group of people and following the same group of people, that group says, what a great idea. You know what? We'll follow them. Even if it's their last choice, they're still following them. You should really think about your life choices. You know, um, one thing is, I think uh, racism has never left. And I don't want to say this is an American problem. This is a world problem. Oh, absolutely. Um, and but so we are here and I, this is where we can do something. Yeah. So like uh, you, we, we've talked about on the late show, we've not talked about it on the podcast, uh, but we talked about Meghan Markle and uh, Pierce uh, Morgan and there was a whole situation. And um, then uh, our friend, not our friend, but uh, Sharon Osbourne, you know, on the talk, uh, not that even trying to get just into, keeps deteriorating. It does. Uh, and currently, the talk that she's on is on hiatus. It was, for, it was supposed to be on hiatus for one week. It's continued to be on hiatus till Tuesday because there's an investigation. But again, uh, racism exists, and you, you is shown in the respect of Sharon Osbourne because the the whole conversation was not even centering on her, but somehow she let herself because I think she felt that people were talking against her when they weren't. He took but it personally. she was. Yeah. And but now it's opened it up to reveal what probably was there. Uh, and well, probably I'm glad you brought that up, Cody, because this might surprise you, but I have an opinion. <laughs> 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 I, well, I went and looked more into it. I try not to give things like that. Yeah. I read it, but I try not to give it attention because I don't want to inadvertently comment and spread more like she does not need more attention. But I tried to because I thought you would want to talk about it because you're usually more adept at these things than I am. And you're a little more, you know, up to date on it. But I went and read and then her publicist or somebody released a statement on her behalf saying, you know, that she is aghast at these accusations and their slander, et cetera. And she has invited people to her house and, you know, gatherings and thrown gatherings. And I want to talk about that. That is actually a key point that is getting missed in a lot of people that really are not managing to educate themselves because they say, well, I invited everybody from work to my home. Of course, they would be welcome in my home because they think of racism as what we saw in the old movies or we see portrayed as putting, setting a cross on fire and marching in a white robe. Well, yeah, that's obviously racist and very bad. But and you, if you invite everybody to your table, how can you be considered racist? You can do something nice and still be criticized for poor behaviors that are ignorant inappropriate and yes 
racist because racism is what? Systemic. Our system systems are generally built to favor me, the cis mm-hmm. white guy. I am totally white. Do you think that 30 years ago, if Cody and I did this with his last name, how well it would have gone, even though he's as fair-skinned as I am? He would likely have been told to change his name to something more, you know, let's change it to something a little more European, a little more American, when people are just dumb and don't understand that America is actually Canada, the United States, Mexico. (laughs) But people are dumb. And so, you know, and I wanted to talk about this specifically because it's important to understand that being held accountable is not being canceled. People were not screaming initially to say, get her off the air. They were trying to say, hey, hold on. You know, you can say, thank you so much for your invite. I appreciate it. And you can believe it even comes from the heart and also say, but when you talk about my group, my, this part of me, it doesn't, it isn't right. Now I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody but myself because just being a gay guy like this is something my parents would say my dad my stepdad threw out an incredibly homophobic comment the other day and he goes it's okay it's not directed at me and he's like well i never have gotten super shitty with you for being gay and i'm like i can say thank you for not hate criming your own stepson and at the same time <laughs> criticize you for saying what you said towards my community because that is we're not a punching bag and That same energy is what I'm trying to focus here on Sharon Osbourne. She's a wealthy, privileged white woman. And, you know, and I want to acknowledge that part of her statement. That is what's, that's what she's hung up on. She's not focused on, oh, but what I said could be racist. She's saying, but I've invited all these people into my home. I send them Christmas gifts and she doesn't do it for recognition. She's probably done wonderful things for people. Like when Ellen gotten, you know, the big Ellen controversy. Well, Ellen, it's true. Ellen has done things for families and changed their lives. She has done, whatever attitude was behind it, doesn't matter. She has done amazing things for gifting people that were in bad positions and changed their whole world and lifted people up with her platform and her money. That's wonderful. You can still say you did a great thing here, but when you do this, this is still not right. We don't, you don't, just because somebody's up here and does wonderful things doesn't mean they're above the law. Doesn't mean they're above criticism. Well, and a lot of times you, like we say cancel, if you just like can come out and recognize the problem and try to fix the problem, that does a whole lot of good than just completely trying to deny it. I mean, this whole debacle started with her because, uh, Cheryl, uh, the one of the black co-hosts on the show, was trying to give Sharon Osbourne a chance to just like clear up her tweet supporting Pierce Morgan, and it blew into all of this. And then also just talking about uh, inherent racism that exists uh, within families, and you just grow up with it a lot of times. And a lot of times, it, unless there's something that kicks you out of that, it just is going to be in your mindset. And you might not be openly racist against people, like you were saying, like she's inviting people to her house and doing this or that. You know, we don't know all the behind the scenes stuff. There are some things that are coming out that her time during the talk, she was saying certain things about, uh, right. about Julie so, and stuff. Opening. We don't have a lot of information on that yet. But um, like you can look back to Kelly Osborne, her daughter, who was one of the co-hosts on The View um, a few years ago. And she was saying some 
she was talking about Donald Trump's controversial stance on immigration. And then she said, if you kick out every Latino out of this country, then who's going to be cleaning your toilets in the sense that, you know what I mean, but I'm saying that in LA, they always, and then Rosie Perez was on the show at the time. And she's like, Latinos are not only saying they're not the only ones cleaning. And Osborne cut her off and said, no, I didn't mean to say it like that. Come on. I would never mean it like that. But I'm you, not part but of that's this what argument. You said, you know, and that's, that's the hardest part. It's always trying to say, well, that's not what I meant, but it is what you just said. And what the problem is here is I, I read, I read a really fascinating thing on Twitter a few years ago. It's not so much the very first thought you have, because sometimes the very first thought you have isn't the appropriate one. It's the one after that where you're like, no, that's wrong. Because what you a lot of times first think is a lot of times what was beaten to your head as a child, you cannot control what you learn from your parents. You can control how you react to it. Like my mom worked in, has been a hotel, motel or hotel maid or housekeeper, whatever title you want to give it my entire life. My grandmother was a grounds manager for a Methodist church that owned like a city block in Fort Myers, Florida. I grew up around that so i never saw any shame in it and i didn't understand why there was and i didn't understand the jokes either because the the ladies my mom worked with were all different like you know they were all different backgrounds some didn't even speak english and they were still like lovely it didn't occur to me because my mom just doesn't think like that she's so sweet and she just likes people if you're nice my mom's one of those people just you're nice to her she's if she's nice if you're nice to her she'll be nice back now, the problem here is that she never, she will not speak up though. Like, so like when this conversation happened with my stepdad and I, she sat there and said, mom, I know you can hear me. I know you're sitting there. You're sitting there quietly. You've never spoken up because my stepfather has thrown out multiple anti-gay things, but because he's like, well, you're welcome in my house. Well, go fuck yourself. I don't care. I don't even like you, but that's besides the point. I'm like, mom, you hear this. I am your child. That is my stepfather. Like I am yours. Like you are supposed to defend me. The same as I would defend you if, you know, when my stepfather has made comments about her mental capacity not being um, at what it should be for her age and, you know, the other issues she's had. When he gets mad and blames that or throws that out like the, the punchline, I have got up in arms. I have gotten his face because that's what I'm yeah. supposed to do. That's my mother. It is her job to defend me just as it's our job when these things happen to call them out, like holding Ellen accountable. Calling it out is saying, you, this is wrong. And instead of throwing out an immediate blanket defense of, I never did that, look at all these other things I did. Yeah, we see all those wonderful things you did. That This does not invalidate that necessarily. This is just saying, yeah, cool, you did wonderful things with this platform. But here, you've done something wrong, and this attitude is not acceptable. And I noticed in Hollywood, a lot of it comes from places of privilege where you're not used to being told no. I can tell you working at Disney, we dealt like Regis was a huge Regis Philbin, huge jerk to our staff, huge jerk. I don't know if I could get in trouble for saying that. I mean, I'm not an employee anymore, but most of other people, but like we got to meet Kelly Ripa and she and her husband and her kids and her parents were just like the most lovely people. You know, yeah. you don't, I mean, no, <laughs> I think it's like the Avenue Q Broadway song. Everybody's a little bit racist. Um, it's basically true. Um, and the thing is with racism, yeah, yeah, it's true. The thing with racism is, uh, so like if you're walking down the street and you see a black person walking on the sidewalk and you go to the other side of the street or a different sidewalk that comes from a racist, like 
oh my god in your head and you don't know it like it's just like something yeah. natural to do I didn't or know if it. you see someone who's asian american and you like back away because you're afraid they may have coronavirus that would also be yeah so it's these little things overall that s- people have in their heads um and you just have to realize it and try to change it it doesn't have to be full out blatant like i hate black people or i hate asian people it can be very subtle things yeah. that you just like, have picked up over time and yeah and a lot of it does come from it's passed down because you know i've never seen a tiny little kid be racist you know they learn it and they repeat what they learn and man <laughs> it's really frustrating <laughs> um, and you don't even learn like things you learn and you learn later like oh i should never have said that like mm-hmm. when you realize you were wrong stop doing it and make different decisions from then on out yeah i think this has been a really good conversation um just it, it, it talks about racism because all of it is involved with this the increase in hate crimes against asian americans um due to political pressures uh from the last administration around the world political issues um so we'll keep you informed so hey guys we want to remind everyone um that you can keep in touch with us on all of our social media channels um whether that is uh facebook Twitter or Instagram, you can do all of that at the Comacast. And we definitely love to interact and hear from all of our listeners. All of this is not possible without you guys. And if you don't mind rating our podcast on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast uh, provider is, just leave a comment. It's greatly appreciated. And thank you for joining us. See you next time.